Join us now for Health for Life, brought to you by Hamilton Healthcare System. Today we're talking with Dr. Eric Manahan of Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery in Dalton. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Manahan. I'm glad to be here. Dr. Manahan is a board-certified general surgeon at Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery. He serves on the Board of Directors for American Society of Breast Surgeons, a fellow of the American College of Surgeons, and a specialist in the care of benign and malignant disorders of the breast. Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery is located at 1504 Broderick Drive, Dalton. Dr. Manahan, my first question is, why did you choose to become a general surgeon? Well, I've always wanted to be in a procedural type of specialty, and when I was young, I was in a little dog fight and lost and had a lot of surgical intervention on my face and plastic surgeon and the way I was taken care of through all of that just made me decide that I wanted to be in the medical field and the more I was in the medical field the more I wanted to operate and do procedures. Is that right? So when you was a child you got in a dog fight? Yep and lost. And lost (laughs) and had to be taken care of and some plastic surgery. What's your favorite part of your job? I really like to take care of patients. We can see people from the beginning to the end of their um, disease process. We get to get in on the diagnosis, and then we can treat them, do the procedures, the surgical interventions, and really take care of them from the beginning all the way through the end of their process. So that's a, a great opportunity to follow the patient all the way through. Tell us about Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery. We've got five surgeons, got a great office staff, so the care that people receive when they come in from the front office all the way through the back door is great. From a surgical specialties, we do all types of general surgery. I do a lot of breast surgery, a lot of breast cancer surgery, but we also do laparoscopic surgery. We take out appendixes. We do colon cancer, gallbladders, you name it from a general surgery standpoint, and, and we will do it and take care of you. We've got a great bunch. Appendix? Yep. Yep, did one last night. Is so, that right? right? I bet that's fascinating to see. It, it is. It I is. Come it on. Is. Well, I don't have one. Mine, mine's gone. <laughs> Dr. Manahan, can you tell us about People's Cancer Institute? Yes. So People's Cancer Institute at Hamilton Medical Center is really just developed to show the community the specialization in cancer care. So you got diagnostics in the front with mammograms, ultrasounds, a lot of breast women's imaging in the front door. Also on the first floor, we have medical oncology offices so that people with any type of cancer diagnosis can see medical oncologists. On the bottom floor, we've got state-of-the-art radiation oncology and radiation oncologists in the building with the best linear accelerator you can actually buy. A linear accelerator. Yeah, linear accelerator. Can you tell me what that is briefly? Essentially, the radiation linear accelerator is what provides radiation to the different parts of the body in a very precise manner. And it's what's it called again? A linear accelerator. So breast cancer, when you only remove, do a lumpectomy, remove a portion of the breast, Mm -hmm. those are typically almost always followed up with some sort of radiation treatments. So anywhere from three to six weeks of radiation therapy. And that linear accelerator is what focuses a little beam of extra, a little x-ray beam right into the breast to help get any area that may have been left behind. That's great. That is fantastic. What a great piece of equipment we have right here. Oh, yeah. And it's state of the art. It's the latest, state of the art. latest LINAC you can actually have to do your treatments. So I didn't mean to interrupt great. you. You were talking yep. about uh, the People's Cancer Institute. Yep, yep. So the radiation oncologists are on the bottom floor with that great linear accelerator. You go up two floors and you can kind of look out over the town and see um, where our infusion bays. So if you have to have chemotherapy or infusion of some sort, you're able to have your own private environment where you can look out 
over the complex and kind of see out the windows and it's really just a, a beautiful facility where you can get that state-of-the-art infusion. It's got a pharmacy there right right in the building to get the medicines that you're going to get. That sounds great. What a what a beautiful facility that is. I've, I've toured that before, and it is, um, sta- like you said, state-of-the-art. Yeah, everything about it is up-to-date, state-of-the-art care, and we've got everything under one roof that you could possibly need. 3D mammography, we've got brachytherapy, we've got that linear accelerator. So we like to see people get one screening mammogram at age 35 and then yearly annual screening mammography starting at age 40. That's great. What about some of the other services that's offered at the People's Cancer Institute? Yeah, so we got some patient navigation. We also have an oncology uh, dedicated social worker. We have a dietitian that's all in-house. We've got lymphedema that we work on with lymphedema clinic that we're we're running. So we can also do second opinion. So essentially, we've got everything in-house that you would expect from any major cancer institute in America. And then another real interesting, very cool item is this Paxman scalp cooling system. So let me start there with the Paxman scalp cooling system. Uh, are you saying scalp? Cooling like your head? Scalp cooling system. Right. Okay. Yep. It's a Paxman scalp cooling system. So what this is, essentially in, in my office, I take care of a lot of breast cancer. And so obviously the first concern is, am I going to die? And that is always number one, is what's going to happen to me? Am I going to make it through this? Am I going to live? And the good thing is, is 98% of stage one early breast cancers are going to do just fine. But it is a lot of treatments that they're going to have to undergo. So their number two question after we decide that, yes, you're going to make this and we're going to do everything we can to get you through this is, what about my hair? Am I going to lose my hair? And typically, if you have to have chemotherapy, you are going to lose lose your hair from the chemotherapy because the chemotherapy's job is to kill cells that are rapidly dividing. So any cancer cell would be considered something that's rapidly dividing, but unfortunately, Hair is also one of those types of cells that are rapidly dividing. So that hair also gets killed during the process. And so people will lose their hair. And that's very, you know, a very significant concern to to a lot of our population. Now, not necessarily you, Bobby, but... No, I I don't have hair, but (laughs) I do understand a lot of ladies, that would be a big deal. It is. It's a a big deal. It's a great big deal. And so when I was at a conference several years ago, actually one of my friends that I went to high school with that subsequently became a breast surgeon, she just had undergone breast cancer. And as we were at the meeting, she told me that she had just finished her chemotherapy. Well, she had a full head of hair and I was like, wow, well, that must have been over a year or so ago. And she's like, no, I, I just finished it just a couple of weeks ago, right before coming out to this conference. And so, so you're thinking a wig at this point. Well, I didn't know. It looked it looked pretty normal. And she's like, yeah, so I did this. I had really um, investigated and, and looked into what can I do to not lose my hair and found this Paxman scalp cooling system, which essentially it's a cold cap that pumps some coolant system. You So you wear this over your head while receiving the chemotherapy. You put it on about an hour before, wear it through the entire chemotherapy infusion process where you actually receive the medicines, and then just a little bit while afterwards, and this machine will pump a coolant into that cap and will cool down your scalp or essentially kind of freeze your scalp so that that scalp is protected and your hair is protected through the chemotherapy process. There's still some hair loss and some thinning of your hair depending on the type of chemotherapy and some people will still end up 
losing a significant portion of their hair. But it looks like with these with the studies from this scalp cooling system that that hair will regenerate. It's just a wonderful thing that's typically at large academic centers will have this. Being able to provide that in a town our size in Dalton with this state-of-the-art equipment is really just a wonderful thing to, that our hospital has been able to provide. So we're really super excited about that. We've got several patients that are already using it and having great results. And so we're just happy to be able to use that in the cancer treatment process. And so that is a great new innovation that's going to be very helpful. Genetic testing. Tell me about genetic testing. So genetic testing. What we know about breast cancer in particular is about 10% of breast cancers are truly hereditary that we know of through a gene that's passed on from your parents or through a close family member. So 90% of breast cancer is what we'd consider spontaneous and not truly hereditary. Now, having the same types of genes still, we always are very concerned about family history, but everyone has DNA in their body that's passed down from your uh, parents, determines, you know, your hair color, your eye color, essentially the the way your body shape and, and things. And so, but there are also genes that can be passed down that we know put people at a higher risk for developing breast cancer. So BRCA1 and 2 got very popularized by Angelina Jolie when she ended up having her bilateral mastectomies because of a genetic uh, mutation, and that really opened the door towards genetic testing. So it helped to kind of really open the door towards knowing about it when she was able to really freely talk about that. So we know, again, back about this 10% of genes, and now there's discovered multiple genes for different types of disorders can be inherited through your parents. And a lot of those times is if your parent has it, has that gene, there's a 50-50 chance that that could be passed on. And again, like BRCA1 and 2, those are the two most popular, again, but others. When you have those genes, you can have up to an 80 to 90% chance of developing future breast cancer. Wow. So it's a big deal. So the American Society of Breast Surgeons, I was on a panel where we looked at who needs to be tested. So it's been controversial. We know if you develop a cancer at a younger age that those people definitely need to be tested. But when we got our huge genetic panel uh, across the nation from people from MD Anderson, Mayo Clinic, Sloan Kettering, and we looked at the data, we realized that every woman with breast cancer should really undergo genetic testing or at least be talked to about genetic testing and offered that. So we really do our best to find out about as any woman or man really that develops breast cancer we really want to know about their genetics and genetics can come it's not necessarily just from their mother that develops breast cancer but can be from their mother or their father so we want family history from both sides to determine you know where these genes are coming from they do the genetic testing on that part of your dna to find out are you at high risk or do you have a genetic abnormality that we can possibly do something to prevent either through increased screening or if it's a significant high level breast cancer gene we can consider prophylactic surgery to prevent breast cancer but even find out if it's a lower risk gene do we need to increase the screening with breast MRI do we need to do other types of imaging at more frequent rates just really to help keep you from getting this diagnosis well I noticed when you were talking there you mentioned men 
uh, we're talking mostly about women, but men get breast cancer too. True, exactly. So that's the one thing that we can't forget in what a lot of people have termed Pinktober with Breast Cancer Awareness Month in October. We can't forget about men. They will also at a much smaller risk, but men do develop breast cancer and a lot of times can ignore this because they, they may think that, oh, breast cancer doesn't happen in men. Right. So lumps in men should also be you know, very worked up and be diligent about, again, even with some self-breast exams and can't forget about men in this equation. My next question was going to be, how often should a, a woman have a mammography performed? You start yearly at age 40 is is pretty much the go-to. The American Society of Breast Surgeons strongly believes at age 40 is when people need to save, need to begin so that we can save lives. Uh, thank you for sharing all of this uh, great info. If you could leave our listeners with one word of advice about their health, what would that be? The number one, at least for my part, is get your mammogram. Age 40, annual mammograms. You can call PCI, 272-6565, 702-6565. Get scheduled. Get your mammogram. Get screened. Find out about your risk. Do you need genetic testing? Let's help to eradicate this world of breast cancer. For more information or an appointment at Hamilton Physician Group General Surgery, call 706-278-6403, 706-278-6403, or visit hamiltonhealth.com slash surgery. Information on People's Cancer Institute can be found at hamiltonhealth.com slash cancer, and mammogram appointments can be made at 706-272-6565. 706-272-6565. This program in no way seeks to diagnose or treat illness or to replace professional medical care. Please see your health care provider if you have a health problem. Thank you for listening to Health for Life, a presentation of Hamilton Healthcare System. 